0: Hello, I'm Christopher Stevens, and I'm your host for today, and today I'm going to be reading from Joshua chapter 7, verses 2 through 12, and they read, Now Joshua sent men from Jericho to Ai, which is beside Beth Haven, on the east side of Bethel, and spoke to them, saying, Go up and spy out the country. So the men went up and spied out Ai. And they returned to Joshua and said to him, Do not let all the people go up, but let about two or three thousand men go up and attack Ai. Do not weary all the people there, for the people of Ai are few. So about three thousand men went up there from the people, but they fled before the men of Ai. And the men of Ai struck down about thirty-six men, for they chased them from before the gate as far as Shabarim, and struck them down on the descent. "'Therefore the hearts of the people melted "'and became like water. "'Then Joshua tore his clothes "'and fell to the earth on his face "'before the ark of the Lord until evening. "'He and the elders of Israel, "'and they put dust on their heads. "'And Joshua said, Alas, Lord, God, "'why have you bought this people over the Jordan at all "'to deliver us into the hand of the Amorites, "'to destroy us? "'Oh, that we had been content "'and dwelt on the other side of the Jordan.' "'O Lord, what shall I say when Israel turns its back before its enemies? "'For the Canaanites and all the inhabitants of the land will hear it "'and surround us and cut off our name from the earth. "'Then what will you do for your great name?' "'So the Lord said to Joshua, "'Get up, why do you lie thus on your face?' Israel has sinned, and they have also transgressed my covenant, which I commanded them. For they have even taken some of the accursed things, and have both stolen and deceived, and they have also put it among their own stuff. Therefore the children of Israel could not stand before their enemies, but turn their backs before their enemies, because they have become doomed to destruction. Neither will I be with you anymore, unless you destroy the accursed from among you." I just want to use for a topic today, created to win. Allow me to give you a little bit of backdrop. The children of Israel had just come out of the wilderness where they have been led by Moses out of the clutches of Pharaoh through the Red Sea into the wilderness where they were given everything that would shape the world up into the coming of Christ. Not that he would extinguish it, but he and himself would fulfill it. They were given the commandments that would govern the people in the land. They were given the tabernacle where the Lord would show up so that the priests would give offerings unto God for the sins of the people. In the wilderness, the people were given everything that they needed for life. Manna rained from heaven. Water was given, even if it had to come from a rock. Quail was given because the people wanted meat. And Moses prayed to God and God gave them quail. God was always showing himself mighty in the wilderness for the people of Israel. When Moses went up the mountain to receive the commandments, the people along with Aaron made for themselves a god to worship in the form of a calf made of the blessings of gold that they had received. Receive from the Egyptians before leaving Captivity and God was going to Punish them but Moses steps in and pleads their case you see in this Stage of their walk with God They are in stage one and for me Stage one is the stage where you Are asking God and he's giving you What you're asking him for it's like In Matthew 7 7 where it says Asking you shall receive seeking You shall find knock and it shall be Open to you well now the children Of Israel have passed the stage of Asking they are now at the seeking stage Where they have to fight for what God has promised them you see when you have been given everything in life But now you have to fight as you see in the passage of scripture It may be hard when you are not conditioned to fight Some will fight to obtain what the Lord has promised, but some will go after dishonest gain like Achan did. It's not that he wasn't chosen. It's not like he wasn't called, but in the receiving of a land, he sought out for more. He wanted what he saw and he thought it would prosper him, but it cost him his place with God and his inheritance among his kindred, a place of perpetual blessings from generation to generation. Instead, he cursed his whole household to death. The people of God are in fight mode at this point. A generation has passed and all the drawbacks of that generation is gone with them. And the generation that is in question now is the generation that didn't go through slavery, but they heard stories about it. They didn't feel the pain, but they heard of the terror of what it was to be beaten, chained, made to work in extreme conditions. If not, there were dire consequences for their disobedience. Just like generations now in America, slavery has passed, but America is still living out the stories of it, not completely knowing how to move forward as a country because there is still division. This is not about color or race. It's about a people as a whole. America is in the balances of divide and conquer when we should be one for another. We have come out of slavery, but the mentality of the people have not changed. Some whites still think that they are superior to blacks. Some blacks still think that they are being oppressed by the whites. After all this country has been through, we should all be one people fighting for a common goal. The whites came over on ships, the blacks came over on ships, but the natives of the land were killed and pushed from the coast to settle in middle America and today have no voice in the laws and the affairs of this country. We are in a time where if we choose to change, I mean, as a whole country, it would take total compliance from the masses, but we could finally create a place of oneness and unity, but old mindsets would have to flee. We are no longer in a time where blacks are slaves or are being held down and kept from reading and being educated. Blacks now have all the luxuries that the whites have. In a sense, we are all equal, but in mindsets, we are still divided. When you see America was founded on Christianity that means we believe God is the head and under the head all men and women were created equal in the book of Joshua all are equal but there are those who have inhabited a place that the people of God were supposed to inherit and they had to move out or they had to be forced out and this is the way God helps us to deal with our mindsets today either they are naturally changed by process in which some of the things we deal with in sin, like the way we talk are naturally changed due to process, but the ways of our actions have to be driven out by rebuke, by being made aware by conviction of the Holy Spirit. Wisdom is something you ask God for, and he bestows it upon you over the course of your life through tests and trials and circumstances, while understanding is something that we must seek out in order to see the purpose we were put on earth, while we have to knock on the heaven's door to be opened for us to walk into our calling. And in all I've gone through, I realized that it all started with my asking. The Israelites asked God to rescue them. They had no idea in what way he would deliver them. We asked God to come into our lives, not knowing what measure he is going to come in. And then we ask God to have his way, not knowing what his way is, asking him to deliver us, not knowing how or by what means he is going to use to deliver us. We ask God to use us and we are vague in our asking. So we leave it up to his discretion and how he uses us and then when we get to something we don't want to do and we all are going to get to something that we don't want to do and sometimes that's his way of checking us and letting us know that there is still yet more growing to do there is still more that we need to surrender or we end up being disobedient and at that point we are walking in our own ways and the bible says there is a way that seems right but the end is destruction so when they took Jericho, Achan took something he wasn't supposed to that caused the people to fall by the hand of Ai. Just because God leads you in a place, that doesn't mean take the spoil of it. That just simply means possess the place, nothing more. But he saw something that he could not refuse. He saw something that he knew not to touch, but he could not resist. Because of greed, it wasn't that they didn't already have a lot because they did. You see, in the scripture, it says he added it to what he already had. Greed cost him his family and 36 others their lives because because of his obsession with more. Joshua knew that the loss was not supposed to be. So I can just imagine after leaving a place as big as Jericho to come to a place where they were sure that they would win over. Imagine coming to a sure place only to be defeated by what looked to be easy. They looked the place over and said, surely it won't take all of us to beat them. We will only send a few thousand and they should easily overtake these people for they are small in number. I mean, Jericho was a place that was fortified with walls on every side. So It was a place of officials where it was a place of importance. It was a place where people went to handle business and for them to defeat the city and then go to the country and get the brakes beat off of them. That was an insult. And Joshua took it as such. He tore his clothes, fell to the earth on his face like a child kicking and screaming and throwing a tantrum, throwing dirt in the air and in his hair all day long. He even had the elders throwing dirt in the hair. And all of this was going on in front of the ark of the Lord. Until he finally opened his mouth and said, God, why did you bring us over the Jordan? If you were going to deliver us into the hand of our enemy for them to destroy us, we would have been content staying in the other side of the Jordan in tents. Now all the people are going to hear what happened, surround us and kill us. And you look at your situation in life and you are saying, well, God, I came this far. I came too far to turn around. And if I do, What's going to happen? I came this close and I haven't finished. But God wants you to see and know that, yes, you could have stayed on the other side, but you would have never seen a land like this. You would have never been exposed to such frightening circumstances, but you would have never been faced with the endless possibilities that only crossing over to the other side could reward you with. The other side may have been okay and you would be content but on this side there is more than enough yes you have to do things on this side that you didn't have to do on the other side but there is more on this side than you would have ever imagined had you not crossed over you would still be in a familiar place there is something about leaving and venturing out into the unknown territories where no one knows you where there is no one who can lean for you to lean on for help where most people you know can't even relate God calls you to a place not to separate you from everything and everyone you know, but he called you there to draw you closer to him. The truth is, when you go, you grow into a person that God is calling you to be. When you leave, you conceive a new vision for your life that you never knew was possible. And when you depart, not only do you start living from a place of gratitude, but it changes your attitude. New places be, bring new revelation, a newness to your relationship with God. It builds a new trust. It grows your faith. You're believing differently. You expect more than what you are used to because you are in a different place than what you are used to. That's why he called you out of your comfortable place, your stagnant place, your familiar place, because he wants to—he wants you to go deeper than you have ever been, think differently than you have ever thought, see more than what you have ever seen, so that you can do more than what you ever did. Why stay? Is what God was saying. God told Joshua to get up. Why are you? tripping i didn't bring you here to leave you in fact i equipped you for this if you didn't win it wasn't my fault you need to check yourself i'm faithful and just i can uphold my word but you got sin in the camp you got some stuff with you that needs to be removed and if you don't i will remove myself from you and when you can do that then you can come and talk to me you already know God is trying to give them the land, but they just have to follow directions and it takes total obedience from everyone. Everyone must be in compliance and everyone must be on one accord for this to happen. God is faithful to fulfill his word. The question is, can you handle your end of the bargain? He gives the blueprint and you build the vision according to the spec and you don't have to worry about anything. As long as you follow the plan, God says, I know the thoughts that I think towards you, the thoughts of peace and not of Evil to give you an expected end, and some versions of the Bible say to give you a hope and a future. God knows that we are not perfect, that's why Jesus came, and that's why He is before the Father pleading our case, saying, Father, give Him another chance, Father, this is where we have to carry Him, Father, look at the disciples. Peter denied me. Thomas didn't believe I was raised from the grave until he touched my wounds I received on the cross. Father, look how far they have come. In fact, Father, I am the bread of life, and I choose to give life to my brother. I choose to grace my sister. Father, you have given me life that I may enter into hell and retrieve the keys to life that our people have never seen since Adam. I conquered death and abolished the grave, removed the sting of death, and I did it all by the grace of your spirit and I choose to impart the spirit that you have given me into to my brothers and sisters father I want us to live on earth as I did I want our kingdom to come with power to the earth through the ones you gave to have dominion over it father a body won't last forever forever Life is like a vapor, but the body of Christ must go on to do greater works. Father, we have created them in our likeness and in our image. It's only fitting that they are kings and queens in the place that they were sent to reign in. They just need the kingdom inside them before the kingdom can be released. I walked on the earth for 33 years without doing one single miracle. But after you released the kingdom in me, I released the kingdom around me and I gave my life so that... They could receive the kingdom and I came, but I couldn't stay. I would have died anyway because I was born of a woman, but I had to bear flesh in order to inhabit flesh. When I was alive, the disciples did miracles by impartation. But after my death, they did it by cohabitation. I inhabited them and they took the kingdom everywhere they went. And I expect you to do the same, but in a greater measure. You are my greatest work. I called you to possess the land and to rule over it, to govern it according to my statutes. Under my authority, with my grace, I have given you with an anointing that is unique as the Niagara Falls and as vast as the Grand Canyon. There is no one just like you, but You will only go as far as you allow yourself to. I am limitless, but I cannot go past your will. I want to use you and I will use you, but how much is up to you. God bless you. Y'all have a great day.